Welcome to Leading from Alignment, a weekly podcast from Converge Coaching, where our passion is to help you lead better, lead longer, and enjoy it more. Hello and welcome again to another episode of Leading from Alignment. I can't believe this is our, our 33rd episode here, and I'm here with my, my good friend and uh, our, our good friend, really, and, and this area. John Opaluski, how are you today, sir? Jim, I'm doing great. It's really good to be with you. Good. We are here once again, joined. It's such an honor to have our guest here today. Doug Clay is the General Superintendent of the Assemblies of God. Uh, but beyond that, he's just a neat guy. Like, I, I, I don't want to lead you to believe that he, he sits on a throne somewhere. And I, I'd eat a cheeseburger with this guy. He's, he's folk. He's pastored. He's been in the district office, the general office, um, so he's got the perspective. I really think it's going to be helpful to our listeners today. And so, Doug, we welcome you. Thank you so much for joining us. You know what? Thanks, Jim. But I also thought, so thanks for the hamburger. Would you kiss the ring as well? Uh, let's just go to both sides of that, okay? <laughs> and, and with that, I'll turn it over to John. <laughs> so, Doug, thanks again for being with us. Really appreciate having you on the pod today. Um, one of the questions that uh, I'd like you to, to address, and this is something that, that we've been really doing a lot of work in the last six weeks on, uh, uh, at Converge Coaching, is I'd like you to speak to the health, the self-care of leaders uh, as it relates to these last six weeks of pandemic and quarantine and the extra stress and pressure that's put on them. I'm wondering what you might talk to us or help us with in that arena or that area. Yeah. And so thank you, John, for focusing on that. You know, the, the urban myth that, wow, people in the church world have, have gotten this uh, six, seven, eight weeks sabbatical, you know, baloney. Right. Most of the pastors I've worked with are working harder and under more stress right now than ever before. So mm. can I just say thank you? Thanks to Converge for just wanting to care for the soul of uh, our ministers who, uh, particularly in the Michigan area, they're just some hot spots of unknown that can create a lot. You know, early on, um, we have a mental health care committee that I put into place when I became superintendent just to start talking about this. This was a stigma for so long in the church culture, and, and, and I wanted to be able to do that. So uh, I would say like a week after we were really into this, I, I connected with them and asked them, Hey, could you help me? I, I want to really, I want my first article that comes out as superintendent to deal with the self-care for our ministers. And they gave me some good, some good thoughts. Let me just, let me read these. And if we want to unpack some of them, but I, I came out with uh, some just, I don't know, lack of a better point, some suggestions that I encourage our ministers and as I'm looking through these, these are not good just for the first week of this pandemic, but mm. good for where we are. First one I said is just be mindful of your boundaries. Be mindful of your boundaries. Just because our meetings have moved from buildings to Zoom, uh, I'm experiencing Zoom fatigue. This yeah. is number four for me today. And, and you know, I, I think we got to know our limitations. The problem is we feel a sense of urgency. We got we got to survive. We got to. Uh, one of the things I've told our pastors is give yourself a break from trying to manage the things you can't control. Just give yourself a break from that and start focusing on some things you can't control. So just just be mindful of your emotional physical boundaries. Secondly, find a good friend that you can process this thing with. 
just find a trusted friend. It's, it's cool to watch the two of your guys' chemistry and interaction, and, and I would suspect that's here. Uh, thirdly, I would say you got to intentionally manage your input. Mm-hmm. Intentionally manage your input. In other words, take a break from news outlets, whatever your favorite news outlet is, whether it's Fox or CNN or, or Drudge Report, just, man, give yourself a break from constantly watching the uptick in deaths and coronavirus, all of that. That input sometimes can just become worrisome. Uh, number four, I would encourage you just take care of yourself. Take care of yourself. Um, I, I live 11 miles away from here, and so uh, – I have tried three days a week to try to ride a bike into work. Just ride. I'm not a bike rider. In fact, I had to get it down. And so it took me like the first time an hour and 20 some minutes. And one of the other guys, you know, he's being so, so earlier this week, I thought, I'm going to beat this. I'm going to beat this. I'm not going to stop for a rest. I'm going to drink while I'm driving my water. And, and so I'm driving, I'm driving. I got to the halfway point. I got, I got to stop. I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it. Well, I didn't realize I put my riding shorts on backwards. So all of that padding was not where it should have been. I thought, oh, my word. Oh, my word. I just, uh, I'm an idiot. You know, what are you doing? And so I was on the quest to beat my time, but my operator failure in my clothing, you know, and, which would lead me really to my fifth point of self-care. Humor I, really does. Yep, go ahead, Jim. I just recap that. So you're drinking and driving with a wardrobe malfunction as the general superintendent. <laughs> All the above. Absolutely. The All the above. Come out of this. I'm just I'm worried. <laughs> but, you know, that leads me to my fifth suggestion for those pastors who are just, who are tearing it up and, and working hard. Humor really does help. Just, mm-hmm. just find some things that you can sort of laugh at. Um, Number six, this kind of ties to number one, but hold yourself to some realistic expectations. Hold yourself to some realistic expectations. And I, I'm, I'm, I feel this, the temptation to work longer, to work harder during an emergency yeah. uh, is there than it even is if you're just a typical type A personality. I'm encouraging you, prepare for the long haul. Prepare mm. for the long haul. You don't have to have everything up and going right now. Mm. Number seven, I encourage our ministers just to worship privately, just worship privately. Um, You know, take Mark Batterson at a conference. I heard him say, worship reminds God of who he is. It reminds Satan of who he was, and it reminds us of who we're becoming. So I've tried to just, I've tried to find a, a worship song. In fact, uh, we had two missionaries that were very, uh, uh, they were struck with the COVID-19 virus. They were in critical condition. It was, they were in the woods. It was, it was literally life and death. And every day I tried to text uh, their spouses, just a, a thought, a scripture, a word. But one week for one period of five days, I just grabbed a song. I just grabbed a song. And I'll, I'll never remember driving into work and the sun was coming up. And I grabbed that line from, from the song, 10,000 Reasons. The sun mm-hmm. comes up. It's a new day dawning. It's time to sing your song again, whatever. And I thought, you know, um, I needed that. Because the moment I was waking up, I was, I was in this hurry mode to try to fix things, try to give counsel to our churches, mm-hmm. try to give guidance. And I just... Worship privately is huge. Two more, control what you can. Just control what you can and give yourself a break. 
to uh, let go of the things you can't. And then finally, I think instill hopefulness, instill hopefulness. That one, I'm like, well, how do you do that? If I'm not a Zig Ziglar and I'm not a, how do I? And to me, um, I grabbed a hold of Hebrews 13.6. Hebrews 13.6 has sort of been my verse that when I pray for people or pray over people, I kind of default to this during this time. And Hebrews 13.6 says, we can say with confidence, the Lord is our helper. Yeah. We can say with confidence, the Lord is our helper. So that, that's going to be mine. I'm just going to, come on, say it with me. In fact, on Zoom calls, I said, everybody mute, but repeat out loud after me. <laughs> the Lord is our helper. Say it with confidence. And, and uh, um, you know, the word of God is a, an incredible source of hope. So, yeah. yeah. Doug, you know, as you were sharing that, thank you. That's so good. So rich. Uh, one of the things that uh, I've been hearing uh, probably from every pastor, almost every pastor in our network that we work with, uh, that we are connected to are saying, John, I'm having a hard time uh, disconnecting from work. Uh, before this happened, I had a hard time. Now I'm working from home and the line between work and home has been completely, almost obliterated. And um, so, you know, we've been trying to help them with some practical ways to deal with that. I've been working from a home office for five years, so I'm, I'm used to it. I've, I've figured that out, yeah. but we've got guys that have never worked from home before. I mean, are you seeing that? And what would you say to, to a pastor who is saying, I'm really struggling with that? You, you know, it's a great observation, John. On one hand, that really does speak to the character and the work ethic of the minister who wants to make it happen. But on the other hand, they can become a victim of now their new reality. I mean, you think about it. I, we haven't had to shelter in place. Our, our, our ministry, the AG National, has been essential. I've come in every day. So it's amazing just the drive or the bike ride from my house to here is enough of a break, but it's more than a break from getting up from your office in your home to go to the bathroom back to your So I would kind of go back to that uh, point one boy, establish some boundaries and just say, okay, I'm going to only spend about 65 minutes right here in this office. Then I'm going to take a break and I'm going to go here. I'm going to go do that. Or I'm just going to, I'm going to physically move my computer and go over here and do my zoom call from here. So I, I would say, uh, don't allow the routine to become a rut because mm -hmm. when it becomes a rut, when it becomes that monotonous routine, Boy, that's when the fatigue, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, can step in. But it is it is a unique dynamic for many of our ministers to have to just, okay, I got to do everything right here from home, uh, and it's it's tough. It's just tough. Yeah, thanks, appreciate that. You know, we we had a, a in any given day in the ministry in leadership, there's there's seasons where you feel like you can't do it much more. Uh, you know, you're down to your last ten percent, fifteen percent. You're starting to look for a way out. And then this hits or, you know, what, what advice would you give to somebody on making a big decision during a time like this? Is there, is there any just kind of fatherly yeah. stage from the stage, but a guy by the side, you know, that help us make good decisions in the middle of a crisis? Yeah. You know, I think first of all, my heart just becomes heavy. I think of Paul in that passage in Corinthians and he says, above all else, I carry the daily pressure for my churches. And I, uh, I just wish I could throw my arm around a pastor that's going through that because it's real. It's very, very real. And I, I think that's where you have to just trust that the Holy Spirit can pray through us 
and then transcend geographical location and go to that minister. Maybe Jim, in a practical way, just like the advice they would give to some of their parishioners, please don't make a major life decision. Don't make a major decision that kind of impacts or alters your life or changes your career, either when it's in a real high time or a real low time. And I'd say this is a real low time. I'm not saying that you don't take responsibility to provide for your family. And if I have to adjust and do something, but to walk away or to call it quit, don't do that. Just, just don't do that. I think the second thing I would do is find the way that the Lord can supernaturally feed you when you, when you are your lowest. You know, I think about Elijah that following the taking on the prophets of Baal, you know, he's, he's exhausted, he's worn out, and he goes and he parks himself under a juniper tree, and he has two thoughts. He starts comparing himself and his ministry to other people, and he has suicidal thoughts. He says, yes. I just want to die. I just want to die. Well, interestingly, the way that God ministered to him was not in a rebuke. He told him, look, fall asleep. And when you get up, eat. I'm going to provide for you. Fall asleep again and then eat again. So sleeping and eating was sort of the spiritual way that God uh, attended to Elijah. So maybe give yourself permission to just disengage, to sleep, to not have to answer everybody's private message through social media about what are we doing in comparison to this church across town. Just give yourself permission and find ways for the Lord to, to feed you where you're at. But uh, that's a very real reality that I carry a burden for those pastors who are they were thinking about walking anyway, and now when this all hit, uh, I wouldn't necessarily take this as the sign of the Lord for you to leave. Wait till it's over if you still feel that, but don't make a major decision during this kind of intense valley time. I think the chances of them regretting it later on are great, right? Because once the dust settles Bingo. and the battle's Bingo. over, you go, oh, if I just had that to do over again, I might have. Right. You sent out something to us in writing. Uh, I think everybody got it, and it, it had just several great, just bullet points, just nuggets on it. Do you know what I'm talking about? That that yeah. So in in our structure and in our tribe, the Assemblies of God has 67 districts. Uh, it, most of those are outlined by states. Some of them are multiple. And so each district has an overseer or a superintendent. And last Sunday morning, I felt led just to give them just to give them sort of a pastoral advice to pass on to their churches. And here's what it was, you know, uh, as many of our states are starting to loosen the restrictions on church services and we're coming back together, I really wanted our pastors, our churches, and our leaders to maintain a Christ-honoring posture right. as we open up, a Christ-honoring posture. And so I threw out What's a Christ-honoring posture look like? Well, first of all, there's the posture of gratitude. Just let's be grateful for government leaders who on both sides of the aisle have determined that churches are essential. Let's be careful that we don't allow some aggressive voices that are claiming this is a threat to religious liberty, this is an onslaught of, that we lose our, our witness so just having, and uh, Romans 13, 7 talks about give to everyone what you owe them. If you owe taxes, pay taxes. So I talk about that. I talk about a perspective of wisdom, just a perspective or a posture of wisdom. And my thought there was asking churches and ministers 
to follow closely and adhere to the federal and state guidelines when providing worship services. Don't try to go rogue. Don't try to shortcut. Don't try to take a, just, just demonstrate wisdom. I think, I think risk management is an effective witnessing tool. When we yeah. demonstrate to our people that your safety really does mean something to us, and I'm telling you, you still can have a transcription of ministry even without laying out of hands. And mm -hmm. so if we don't have the ability to anoint with oil and lay on the hands for a while, who are we to think that the Holy Spirit's limited, that he can't accomplish a healing or an infilling or a spiritual transaction? So just exercise wisdom. I talked about a posture of humility, uh, a humility. Again, the combination of 24-hour news cycles and social media bantering can create a, a host of armchair quarterbacks. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and sometimes those armchair quarterbacks call plays that aren't really the best play. <laughs> so I just want us to let's, – let's not do anything unnecessary that draws attention to ourselves or to our church or to our ministries that puts us at a disadvantage three months from now yeah. when we already we have a good testimony going through this. And finally, I just talked about the perspective of dependency on the Holy Spirit. Uh, we said in the earlier podcast, I have been deeply amazed at the innovation and the creativity um, that uh, some of our Spirit-empowered churches have demonstrated and I just applaud them, and I want to continue that dependency as we come out of this. Awesome. Thank you so much for that. We, uh, you know, we, we really, I think one of the things Converge has done consistently and done well through the years is helping people. Uh, mental health, the right word, John, is that, I, I think just... We use mental and emotional health, Jim, kind of both, because yeah. we think, you know, the way you think and your, and your emotions both matter in the picture. Yeah. And that's yeah. so that that advice. It's so practical. I, it's funny when I, when I find good advice, it's often not something I like. Somebody gave it a language, but I already knew it somewhere in my heart. That makes sense. Like you say it, yeah. your heart's nodding its head, going, "Oh, that makes sense." I guess I already knew that. It's like a witness to the truth that some part of me already knew. What what role do you think? Just maybe intuition is the wrong word, but as a leader, should we be trusting our gut right now? About because we're gonna make decisions about this Sunday or the next Sunday or the next Sunday or make decisions about this type of meeting or that type of meeting or hand sanitizer everywhere or like, do we just kind of lead with our, I mean, there, there are guidelines, those are written, but then there's a lot yeah. of things that just aren't written that are either going to make people feel safe, uh, make us feel slighted or offended because they didn't show up the first Sunday or the second Sunday. Um, yeah. Some things you might cause a problem or call a problem that isn't a problem. Yeah. Hey, what, what role do you, you know, as a leader leading a global organization, you know, serving a global organization, what role does your gut play in your decision-making paradigm? You know, it plays a big part because I don't have the intellectual capacity to make. And I'm, I'm, that's not a false, humble statement. Uh, when I was inaugurated as the 13th general superintendent, I, 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 I stated straight up, the three biggest things that I want are wisdom, discernment, and anointing. Mm -hmm. Wisdom, discernment, and anointing. And I'll just share this very personal. Um, so we have 720 some employees here at the national office where the international ministry for the assemblies of God. And so we're a hybrid. We've got hourly employees. We've got specialty employees like IT buildings and properties, corporate accounting. Um, then you have elected officials like myself, ministers. So we're, we're this hybrid. 
And when this first came out, we appointed a COVID task force, our, our attorney, our HR director, our CFO, our CIO, and just said, hey, I want to do this. Well, on three different occasions, hey, should we or shouldn't we? Should we, should, should we dismiss? Should we allow? Should we allow this to be paid time off? Should we uh, develop accruals in our bank accounts of sick days off? Each time we made a major decision, including today, and I'll, I'll tell you that, um, soon as we made it, something came out in a proclamation either from the county health department or the state that said, hey, you guys just made the right decision. You just made the right mm -hmm. decision. And I'm telling you, it is not because uh, I had some inside governmental track. I, I attribute that to the work of the Holy Spirit. I just attribute that to, okay, we pray, give us wisdom, discernment, and anointing. And so I think to your point, I do, I do trust my gut. I, if, if, I am, if I start from a foundation that God, I don't, have, I don't want an agenda and I'm not trying to make a name for myself and I don't want to rush anything, you promised that you would make known to me, which is known of by the Father. So I'm going to take your word at that, that that's part of the work of the person of the Holy Spirit in my life is to give me an insight into to divine understanding here on earth. And I would just, I would say the same things to those who are listening to the podcast. Trust your gut. And if you're filled with the Holy Spirit, then trust the Holy Spirit that resides inside your gut. Great. Well, John, this is kind of a unique privilege for us to have, uh, first of all, to have any guest, but to have this one as our first guest is pretty incredible. I, I wonder if it'd be okay with you if we asked him just to pray for everybody uh, that's listening and, uh, and we'll, we'll start landing the plane shortly after that. Is that all right with yeah. you? Any follow-up questions you have, John, before we do that? No, Doug, again, thank you so much for being with us. Uh, please pray for us. Yeah. So, Lord, I want to start by praying the inspiration I got this morning from your word, that when we go through difficult times like this, help us not to forget where you're at and what you said. I was reminded of that, Lord, when I was reading the Gospel of Mark and the storm whips up and Disciples come and wake up with Jesus, and, and he, they said to him, don't you even care what we're going through? And I'm thinking, why are the disciples getting all wigged out? Didn't they just hear Jesus say, I want to go to the other side? So, Father, my prayer is that for those who are journeying through this, we wouldn't forget your words. Words that say, Hey, I'm in the palm of your words that say you're our rock, our fortress, our, 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 our deliver. Words that say uh, the name of the Lord is a strong tower where the righteous can run and are safe. Words that say, according to Hebrews 13, 6, we can say with confidence, the Lord is our helper. So God, I pray for my friends on this podcast that you would remind us you are a God that does meet our needs. I would pray, Lord, for my friends listening to this podcast. You're a God that we can expect will lead us to paths that are right paths. You're a God that we can, re uh, that we can expect you'll replenish our strength. You are a God that we can re expect you'll guide us along the right path. We can expect that you'll walk with us when things get worse. I think of Psalm uh, 23, 4 that says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, 
I don't have to fear evil. So Lord, thank you. Thank you that we can expect divine favor. We can expect divine guidance. We can expect uh, God will do that. So, so Lord, my prayer for myself, my prayer for my friends listening to this is that we just won't forget the words of Jesus. And you remind us over and over again that we're the sheep of your pasture. We're the people of your hand and your care. And so I pray that uh, there would be a divine canopy of your presence that my friends would have an awareness to, and then they would just remember those life-giving scriptures, the life-giving words that, that, have, been, that have been written down in the word um, to be anchors for their emotions and uh, protection for their mind when we try to wig ourselves out with unnecessary anxiety and fear. I pray these things in the strong name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Well, it has been an honor and, uh, and a joy and a privilege, Doug. Thank you so much for joining us, uh, and we appreciate that. I, I know that as people are going through things, sometimes it helps, like you said, to have a friend, just to talk. And sometimes, yeah. I know when John and I's relationship first started, it wasn't because he was my friend. It's because he was somebody else's friend that I trusted him. I, I couldn't talk to my friends about what I was going through because I had to make big decisions, and my friends are on my staff. And they would yeah. wake them out to find out what I was thinking about and praying about. So. John, if we can get a hold of you to kind of talk about some things, how would we do that? Jim, the best way to get a hold of me is to go to convergecoach.com and click on the Contact Us button, and that's the best way to start a conversation with us. Awesome, awesome. Well, on behalf of John Opelusi, Doug Clay, myself, and Converge Coaching, thank you for joining us today. We hope this blesses you, and we will talk to you again soon.